0: Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. To pick up a free audiobook download, head on over to audibletrial.com simpletheology. Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane, And I'm Rick Romlick. What up, Ricky G? What up? Not much, man.
1: Um, Actually, not much at all. Just chilling.
0: Beautiful day for podcasting.
1: It is a beautiful day for podcasting. Nice August Saturday here in uh, Central Ohio. Yeah. Sunny. Nice clouds rolling through. It's
0: sunny right now. We're in Central Ohio, so that could change in about 10 minutes.
1: The old weather joke. I think, like, every state has that same joke.
0: I don't think so. I'm I think, pretty like, sure Florida doesn't. Well, yeah, for like, California. I mean, it rains essentially every day at Florida. But most in Florida, states
1: but in our region of the country, like, you sure do like Arizona. the weather. I said our, our region of the country. No, not like yep, the weather. Arizona. Wait five minutes, you know. That's not our region. <laughs> Go back <laughs> to the geography class. <laughs> oh. Have you ever seen the videos where people try to, they ask them, like, um, here's a map of the world. Can you find America? Or can you no find, way, like, the people. capital? Dude, uh, Jimmy Kimmel does these things.
0: Which so I've I don't, seen similar things. I don't like know that. how many people
1: he has to ask, but it's just embarrassing.
0: Sheesh. You can't find America on the on world a, map?
1: They're Americans. You can't find America.
0: That's terrible. Yeah. That's pathetic.
1: That's the future.
0: <laughs> hey, yo.
1: Anyway, yeah. Uh, things going well, man. Future is bright. Future is
0: bright for some people. So we're chilling out in my garage. And I feel like we, we always tell people where we're at. Yeah, you that? this is radio, baby. They can't see where we are, so we got to describe it with our voices.
1: Give us a good pic- uh, uh, voice picture.
0: All right, so the, Word picture. the main visual that we see right now is the front of a 2013 Honda CRV. It's yeah. a little dirty. It's in the driveway. Garage doors open, and our table and chair, is. they're out looking... The main area of the front yard and the okay, that's, driveway. That's like enough. <laughs> and the CRV is staring Why right did not you face. move
1: the CRV? Like, we had a beautiful view. Do you I didn't think it CRV? was worth
0: moving the car to podcast.
1: We well, you just talk about the view? How nice it is?
0: It's a nice view. Okay. It's a beautiful day. You just got to look around the car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how was your week, man? Give me the, the short suite of your week. It's
0: pretty good. Did anything happen? Nothing crazy. you get fired um, this week? Not this week, man.
1: Okay,
0: that's good. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm not in danger of being fired. Jeez.
1: Well, Rob, I mean, with your disorderly conduct charges. Yeah, that's right.
0: I do not have disorderly conduct charges. People are going to hear this and think that you're being serious.
1: I am. You have a charge. Stop. Oh, my goodness. You got that thing. You you guys want
0: to hear something great here? This is the sound of a Key Lime LaCroix cracking open to a beautiful summer day.
1: I hope you do some editing, because that, I mean, it sounded like a kind of pop opening. That was nice. <laughs> you should do infomercials. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you know when you go to the movie theater and they do that thing with Coke? Yeah. Where it, like, cracks open and then, like, pours over the ice cubes yeah. and you hear, yeah. oh, man. Did I get you? I don't drink pop. But, I mean, I guess if you consider LaCroix pop, but I don't really, because it's sparkling <laughs> water. But, man, when I am in a the theater and that thing comes on, I think to you. myself, maybe today's the day. <laughs> It might be the day I get a, cop, a a coke.
1: Don't give in to temptation. A what? So don't give in to temptation.
0: Yeah, it's it's a, tem- it's a tempting world out there, man. I agree. All right, Rick. Yeah, bub. What is it that we're getting into today? We're getting ready to start a kind of a series, but we wanted to lay the groundwork, and so
1: yeah. So, um, one of the things that we talked about early on was laying out kind of some of the Armenian Calvinism debate. And so, the next several episodes, we're going to address the Calvinist side of that, which is kind of backwards because um, it, it was more of a response to Arminius' points,
0: Yeah, we didn't go over that, the history, when we did that election episode. But yeah, Arminius came out with their five points. And then, in response to their oh, right. five points, the Calvinists released theirs. Right. So,
1: there's a thing called the Council of Dort. Is that right? Dort? Dort. I don't know where it was. Somewhere in Europe. And it was like the 1500s, early 1600s. And it kind of nailed down these five points. And so uh, we're going to talk about those five points in five episodes. But first off, we want to talk about the sovereignty of God. Um, It was interesting. I was in a a prayer meeting this morning, and people were just talking about the situation at hand and just doing some praying and talking about God's sovereignty. And I think a lot of people, most Christians or almost all Christians, um, evangelical Christians, agree in the sovereignty of God and accept that. But when you start to kind of probe that and dig down, um, there's a lot there. So we're going to talk about the sovereignty of God today and just what it really means, how it um, affects our life. And as we do that, it's kind of a precursor, a foundation for the five points of Calvin, Calvinism that we will go into. Yeah. So that's what we're covering today. It's super exciting. Um, yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's get right into it then. Let's see what Baker. Greg Allison in the Baker compact dictionary of theological terms how they define sovereignty and it goes like this you
1: know one thing like we're sitting on a couch right now
0: yeah what about i it? feel
1: like really like chill
0: it's nice so here's the thing daniel and i don't
1: know about i what? don't know if i like i feel like it's making me like somewhat sedated on this it's like
0: well rick maybe you should be a little more attentive take a nap Be present
1: sleep a little be bit here
0: um, so we are on a couch in my garage, not because we typically have a couch in our garage because we have a one car garage and it's not, it's like a legit, definitely not the, like one golf yeah. cart garage it's is what it is. Not big enough to have a garage or have a couch and really anything else. I just
1: don't know how you get your car in here and then get out of your car.
0: It, it can be difficult sometimes. I'm not going to lie to you.
1: Okay. I appreciate your honesty.
0: Well, Danielle and I, we got a new couch, found a killer deal off of Facebook marketplace. And so we decided to jump on it and put the old couch in the garage. And I think my sister's coming to get that probably she get sometime in the next couple of days. It might be today. I don't know. But she anyway. She doesn't get it
1: while we're using it. That'd be awkward. Yeah. All right. Anyway, sovereignty of God. Make yeah, sovereignty
0: of God. Here, here we go. Here's the definition. Let's get into this. The divine attribute of being all-powerful as the King and Lord who exercises supreme rule over all creation. Examples include, one... The divine decree regarding creation, providence, redemption, and consummation. Two, the infallible, meticulous outworking of that plan in each and every aspect of it. And three, the sure salvation of genuine Christians.
1: Well, wow, that's a big definition.
0: He does a good job, man. He's thorough.
1: He is thorough, and I appreciate that. Could you break that down for a second?
0: Well, the first one is the divine decree regarding creation, providence, redemption, and consummation. So his sovereign plan with the world and with his creation. The second one being the infallible, meticulous outworking of that plan. So he not only has this plan from a 30,000-foot view, a large view, but he also is in the details of ensuring that that plan comes to fruition. And the third one is God's sovereignty over the salvation of genuine Christians.
1: Cool. So, some scriptures that we would point to to, to uh, back that up. So, we use,
0: we're use we using the scripture?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to help us out on this one.
0: But that's just like a side thing, right? We're not actually... Like, we don't base all of our views oh, on scripture, this guy,
1: right? This guy. How'd you get ordained in the Baptist church? <laughs> SBC lets anyone in. No. Yeah. Uh, so, because we believe in the sovereignty of God, because we believe in scripture, which we believe God... Sola governed, baby. ...God sovereignly uh, provided for us. Ephesians 1... Uh, verse 11, in him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. And then Proverbs 16, 9 says, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Colossians 1, 16 through 21 says, for everything Was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. So these scriptures just reiterate that God is over all things; He is in all things; He's created all things. It's kind of His deal.
0: Yeah. Now this isn't in the show notes, but just a quick touch on Proverbs 16:9. Do not not go off the script. Do not deviate. (laughs) Um, so here we go, going rogue. Proverbs sixteen nine though, talks about the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Like it's a good and right thing for us to have plans and for us to prepare and for us to uh, forecast, look into the future and try to, to make plans rather than just being uh, slothful or lazy with the lives that we've been given. However, it's clear here that the Lord is the one who establishes every step of that way. You touch my arm?
1: No, not not on purpose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so we, we see God's sovereignty over all things. Yeah. But we still make plans. We still try to No,
1: I think it says you don't make plans. No, no,
0: no. It says it says we do make plans. Right, but the Lord establishes. The so why establishes. why why
1: establish why why, you know, go through the plan of making the work of making a plan if the Lord is already gonna establish your steps? The Lord bro? will
0: use you making that plan to direct his plan.
1: Think, I think it's saying just chill. Just don't do anything and God just, will establish it.
0: Exactly. Just Jesus take the wheel.
1: Well, yeah. Carrie got it right when she wrote that song. She penned those Carrie. those words.
0: Next time I'm going on the freeway. If <laughs> okay. you okay. don't hear from me again, you can thank Carrie. Good old uh, Carrie for that one.
1: It's your fault, Carrie. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So, these are um, what Scripture says about it, and we hold that in the highest esteem.
0: Yep. Spurgeon agreed with it. Spurgeon Spurgeon with has it. a pretty... Pretty great quote here. I like he, how he paints this picture. Yeah, so Spurgeon, when regards to the sovereignty of God, he said this I believe that every particle of dust that dances in the sunbeam does not move an atom more or less than God wishes. Boom. That is
1: So think about that, like so he's saying every detail good. on earth, every every flap of a of a bird's wing, every blade of grass, God is over that. Yeah, and so that should expand your view of God, who He is, and in His sovereignty, in a tremendous way. And um, so, but before we get into that, kind of this is kind of a sidestep. But as we talk about the sovereignty of God, and we go through these the the, the doctrines of grace, as they can be referred to. It's important that you understand. We are not being exhaustive on these issues. Oh, um, We yeah, are barely not. like skimming the top of the iceberg. I mean, there's so much more. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's a lot look, of contention just, around these. Just look at the
0: title of the podcast. Simple. Simple theology. <laughs> you so, can you can get very deep into these things, and we would definitely, definitely, definitely encourage you to do so.
1: Absolutely. But the simple part of it is, God is over everything. And as Spurgeon said, not a a dust particle shifts an atom, and God doesn't wish that he's not over. But the question is, okay, got this great big view of God and his sovereignty, um, but how does this affect how we approach God, how we live our life, and how we uh, do life
0: here on Earth? So what would you say?
1: Well, it affects a lot of things.
0: Well, dig into that.
1: All right. You want me to take these? Because they're highlighted for you.
0: No, man. Okay, so here's what it says.
1: I mean— I just said what it said. Yeah, I said, because I didn't read the said. script verbatim. Doesn't mean I didn't you don't cover have to the it. script verbatim. Yeah, you, is that what you're saying for me to do?
0: That God's sovereignty affects various parts of ministry. Right, but that should affect. Fa-
1: but but as a simple theology podcast, this is for not just ministers. This is for everybody.
0: Yeah, but I mean, our whole lives are supposed to be in ministry to the Lord, right?
1: Yeah, that's how you live your life. It's to say how you live your life and how you do ministry. That's, a, that's almost a I'm synonym. Saying. Don't don't argue with me on this. Okay, just just take your points <laughs> and go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Notes: A blessing and a curse <laughs> for us, more so a blessing.
1: Dude, that lady's got some tall dogs.
0: Yeah, those dogs are big. what
1: okay. kind of dogs are those? I, sorry, I think
0: I'm sorry. I know. These are huge. Great. This is great radio.
1: She can saddle those things right
0: uh, Listeners, you agree? Those are pretty big dogs, huh? <laughs> okay. Okay. So the various parts of our, of life that God's sovereignty will inevitably affect is our view of salvation. Yeah. And so that we. I have to ask the question, who gets the credit? So if we even attribute 1% to ourselves, then we take away from God's glory because salvation is of the Lord. Isaiah 42, 8 talks about how God will not give his glory to anybody else. And so when it comes to salvation, that 100% goes to God. If we even take try to take the smallest bit and say, yes, God did 99% of it, but I accepted it. I, I took that 1%. That That's on me. God was dependent on me. To do that, to bring the salvation to fruition, um, then we would say, we would say no, no. Certainly, there is a decision to be made, but we attribute the affections and the desires that we have to make that decision back to God. Yeah, and so we give Him one hundred percent of the glory there. And then it's a it, huge burden lifted. Yeah, huge, especially when it comes to evangelism. So that's the right. second thing. So it affects the way we view you salvation. Like how we did that segue? That was beautiful. It
1: wasn't in the notes, but I just came up with that it. Was,
0: Brilliant, man. Thanks, man. That was as good as that dog comment. <laughs> the second <sick> one <laughs> is evangelism. And so growing up, I, I felt this need that if I was going to share the gospel, I had to convert the person. Mm. And so I would sometimes get aggressive in the way that I presented the gospel. Sometimes I would uh, come across too abrasive or then maybe because I felt like I had to convert them and I didn't think that I even had a shot. Yeah. then I would just retreat and I wouldn't say anything about the gospel. And when it comes to God's sovereignty, we recognize that God does have his elect. They're out there and they will respond to the gospel. And so we should be satisfied to do what we're called to do by simply sharing the gospel. It's not our job to convert them. It's right. our job to proclaim the gospel. And then when they are converted by God's grace, it's our job to make disciples. Mm-hmm. And so the Puritans used to say that the same sun that melts the ice hardens the clay. And so if we proclaim the gospel as we are called to do, yeah. then naturally two one of two things are going to happen. Either someone is going to be softened towards the gospel yeah. and be a step closer towards receiving it, Perhaps they may even receive it that day. Or they're going to be hardened, and Correct. they're going to take a step further away from it and heap greater judgment on themselves on the day that Christ returns. But the Puritan said the same sun that melts the ice hardens the clay. So the yeah, third one.
1: I was just going to comment on that. I think that, I mean, you hear all the time people say, um, well, hey, you know, you know, people might reject you if you evangelize, or hey, maybe they don't want to hear what you have to say. And the reality is, like, yeah, there's a lot of people who don't want to hear, and that's okay. Yeah. You you, you move on to those who do want to hear, and you don't know what God's doing in their heart and their life. But by relying on the upon the sovereignty of God in salvation and evangelism, again, it's just a release. Like, hey, you just go, you go share the gospel, and uh, those who come. And those who don't, that's up to God. Yeah. But you, I mean, you want to do it in a winsome way. You want to do it in a loving way. Everything you do should be from love, especially because you have received grace from God. That should compel you to love others in a unique way, not just to be an elitist. Yeah. Um, and we we'll talk about that later. But Absolutely. You know, suffering.
0: Yeah, so the third one right there, suffering. <clears throat> so if we have confidence that God is sovereign over all things, then that includes, under that umbrella of all things, our suffering. That includes trials that we go through, pain that we experience in this life. And we see God's promise in Romans 8, 28, that he uses all things for the good of those who love him. Not everybody, but the good of those who love him. And so for his people, when we do go through suffering, when we do go through trials, we can feel a bold assurance that it is ultimately for our good. We may not see how it is for our good in that moment, but maybe weeks, months, years, decades down the road, eventually in eternity, we will be able to look back and see how God used that for our good. I think of the time uh, in my life when, when my family, we were going through all kinds of hardships financially. My, my dad had lost the business that he owned. And then on top of that, uh, he was diagnosed with cancer. And when, I mean, like hearing all of that take place or seeing all that take place in my family's life and then getting the extra news that my dad has cancer. And then shortly a, a year or so after he ends up passing away, right? Like during that time, I knew Romans eight twenty eight 28 to be true. However, it didn't feel like it. Yeah. right? Because I, I didn't I couldn't really see the repercussions of how God was going to use that for my good. And now looking back <clears throat> just a few years later, I can see some of just some of the ways that God strengthened my faith during that time, how God prepared me for other trials, how God used that to allow me to then minister to other people who were going through similar things. And man, that's three years later. I mm-hmm. couldn't imagine how much I'm going to be able to look back and see God's hand working and what he was doing 10 years down the road or right. 30 years down the road. Or when I do get to be in eternity and God gets to lay out that plan for me and I get to see exactly how he used that. Yeah, That's exciting. And so our view of God's sovereignty will yeah. also shape the way we view suffering.
1: Yeah. I think um, it's interesting because we're going to talk about sovereignty over sanctification next, but suffering and sanctification uh, probably the most tangible for most people. It's when the rubber hits the road. Because it's it's everywhere. Suffering is everywhere. And the co- most common question you hear, well, if God is so good, how can he allow suffering? And so this is, um, some people can deal with this by saying, well, God has given everyone free will, and therefore some choose and some reject, and so many people have rejected him, that there's just wickedness in the world. And that is true. Uh, but at the same time, if God is sovereign, he's, he has to be over those things. Doesn't mean he likes it, doesn't mean that um, he delights in that, but he allows things to happen and foreordains things to happen, suffering, um, ultimately for the good of his church and for his glory, and that can be really hard. But the flip side of that is, say you, you're walking with a family member through cancer, or you lost a child or a spouse, um, how hard would that be to know that, like, if you believe God wasn't sovereign... Yeah. Like, you don't have any hope. It's <laughs> yeah. just, you are at the mercy of the world at that point. But to say, hey, God's over this, he's going to use it for my good, that is, a, as hard as that is, that's a huge relief. That is massive when a child dies and say, I don't know why, and you'll probably never know why, but God is good, and he's over this. It's huge. Yeah. And then talking about sanctification, I mean.
0: Well, I mean, just a verse to back up what yeah. you said about how God does bring calamity and, and God will bring trials and um, he, he will use those things for good. But some people say, yeah, God would will never bring um, disaster or God will never bring some of the things that we would attribute to the repercussions of sin. Uh, but we see in Isaiah 45, 7, him saying, I form light and create darkness. I make success And create disaster. I am the Lord who does all these things. Yeah. And so that doesn't take away at all from his goodness, but he uses the things, the repercussions of sin, and he formulates all of those things into his plan for the ultimate good of his people and his glory. And so I just wanted to throw that Isaiah 45, 7. He he is the one who is over some of the disasters that we see and it's ultimately going to be used for our good, but we may not see it immediately.
1: Yeah. And again, I mean, these things are like all the doctrines of the sovereignty of God. On one hand, they're so reassuring and they're so comforting and it should create just an immense amount of um, gratitude in our hearts for God. But they're also hard. Yeah. Like just honestly, they're hard. They're things that you have to grapple with. and um If you've grown up in a church that you've never heard these things, this is painting a very different picture of who God is than than you've understood him to be, and that can be a challenge. Um, But so dealing with with sanctification, this idea that that we become like Christ as believers, Christ makes us new. Um, So first of all, Philippians one six says that he has promised to make us like Christ, that he who began a good work in us will see it. To completion. We'll bring it to completion.
0: What's up, man? Is oh, that for yeah. here? yeah. Excellent. Perfect.
1: At first, I thought it was a pizza. Like, My man, Thankful. Pizza? thank you very much. Have a good one. It's great timing. I thought it was a pizza. That uh, it's been. boxes. That would have been great. For um, our wives' eBay company. Yep, that's right. Which we have a we'll have a sponsorship with. Why don't they sponsor our podcast? Dude, grief.
0: Why have they not brought if that to the table? If you
1: want to buy gently nice used clothes, go to eBay. Search for Cousin's Closet. And our wives um, find and sell a a reasonable price used clothing. Yeah. So So we just got
0: some boxes from USPS. Yeah.
1: Thank you, Postal Man. Mailman
0: just made it on the podcast.
1: He's famous. He doesn't even know it. Famous. Sanctification. So becoming like Christ Again, this is a promise. He who began a good work, in you will see it to completion. Again, Romans uh, twenty-eight is Robert, or Romans eight twenty-nine. Did they and say 30. there's version no of twenty-eight
0: chapters in Romans?
1: <laughs> it's the twenty-eighth chapter. Uh, you forgot about it. It's okay. Uh, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called. He also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. So this work, God will complete it in us because he's sovereign. If it was left up to me to uh, sanctify myself, I could never do it. It has to be Christ's work in me. I yield to that, and I strive for that, but he's the one who provides the means for those things. Yeah, I love
0: Um, love in that passage how he talks about, I think, is the first one called, those whom he called? mm Mm-hmm. From start to finish, nobody falls through the cracks.
1: Those he, he foreknew, he also predestined. Okay, there you go.
0: So all of those he foreknew, he also predestined all of them.
1: Which we're going to talk about that in another episode. Yeah. Teaser. Teaser. Um, but yeah, he completes that work in us. So it's a, it's a relief because, again, it's his work to do. Now, I can't just sit on the couch and say, all right, God, let's just see you do this. I have to submit. I have to strive. Um, it's what What Matt Chandler calls grace-filled effort. It's by his grace, but I make an effort to do these things. I strive for these things. Paul said, I beat my body, make it my slave. Um, there's no complacency or apathy there. He was striving. But it also, so it frees us in the element of sanctification. It also is a freeing thing regarding preaching. And uh, I understand not everyone's a preacher, but as a preacher... There can be a lot of weight to feel like, man, you have to have the right thing. You have to have the right hook and the right intro and the right um, illustration to do all these things so that you can win people to Christ. And it's like, well, hold up. It's not on me to win people to Christ. That's his work to do. It's on me to present the gospel clearly as best I can. Um and when that happens, when when the Word of God goes forth, it does not come back void. Isaiah 55:11 tells us that. So we have great confidence in God's Word because it's sovereignly God's Word, and He's already doing a work in people's hearts, and so He's connect, making those connections, and I can rest in that and just do my piece. Um, and it also frees me up to preach God's Word faithfully and trust that, that He will do what He has desired to do with it um, and that I don't need to be... Find out what the trends are, and and preach just whatever people want to hear. I'm here to tickle people's ears. I'm here to preach the gospel, and that's the beauty of the sovereignty of God. Yeah, I um, mean, if
0: you're if you're a preacher, like take that right there and run with it. If you're someone who's not a preacher, if you're a Christian, you should be fellowshipping and worshiping with the body of believers on the Lord's Day, on Sundays. Uh, and so, when you do, you should be sitting under the preaching, and so you should be aware of the way that your your pastor is preaching. And so if, if you find that the things are being preached that aren't the gospel, then that should be a red flag. Yeah. But then you should also rejoice when the gospel is preached because you have a faithful pastor who is doing his job.
1: And um, I know there's times when just your devotion, devotional life can be boring or dry. You feel like you're in a, kind of a dry spell. You need to know every time you, you get in the Word and you're reading, God's Word is having an effect on your heart. Yeah. So don't count it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are all things to deal with uh, just how those affect, as Rob nicely put, our ministry and our life. But um, just some main takeaways, like what what are some of the big things that we need really to take away from this, Rob?
0: Yeah, so the first one um, is just simply that that God is sovereign over all things. Yeah. I, we would be in agreement with Spurgeon that he's sovereign even over the dust motes that dance in the sunbeam. Like, You
1: should get a tattoo of that.
0: I don't think so. Put
1: it like on your right pectoral muscle.
0: I was like so. scripted
1: out. Come on, Rob, or or like on your left side, like on your rib cage, on your side.
0: I don't think that's gonna happen. Okay, <laughs> you can do that though. I'm no, in support of that. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks though. <laughs> but yes, God is sovereign over all things, and and honestly, that is a really good thing. Why? Because God is the only one who is purely good. And if he is the one who is sovereign over all things, then that is a good thing.
1: Yeah. Um, So again, like the whole sovereignty discussion that we're having, um, it's really simple in a sense. You can sum it up and say, hey, God's sovereign over all things, and all means all. Um, But the reason we're taking this episode, kind of parsing it out, and as we head into the more episodes, it's really vital that we understand a, a better glimpse of what it means. That God is sovereign, and as we talked about, He is sovereign over salvation and evangelism and our suffering. It's huge. He's sovereign over our sanctification, that making us like Christ, and He's sovereign over our preaching. And um, these are things that, again, they might sound ethereal or kind of out there, but they really should hit home with you because these are things that we as Christians do in our in our day-to-day life. And uh, we're excited as we head into these, talk about the the doctrines of grace, the five points of Calvinism. Um, But just remember, God is good, and he is sovereign. So that's the main takeaway.
0: Yeah. So So,
1: if you like today's episode, and you think someone else would, please share it. Leave us a rating on iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm reading from the script.
0: I see that. It sounds very... If you do, well... Very rigid. I'll give you a shout out. (laughs) It's wheel, not well. If you do, well, I'll give you a shout out. Nope, we'll give you a shout out. I just went rogue, bro. I'm doing the the shout outs. I'm doing (laughs) the shout outs.
1: Um, Hey, yeah, we do. uh, We love to hear from you guys. We love for you to share the podcast. We love for you guys to give us ratings. Um, Slowly, slowly, we're getting some ratings on iTunes. We're not getting any more reviews. Twelve. There we go. Hey yo. But yeah, reach out and contact us on Facebook at Simple Theology. We're on Twitter at Simple Theology underscore. But you can definitely go to the website, simpletheology.org. Um, you can, there's different ways you can support us. Patreon, go to Patreon, look up Simple Theology, which there's a connection in our website for that uh, A link to Patreon from there. Also, we do still have our Audible uh, deal going, where if you go to audibletrial.com slash simpletheology and you sign up for an Audible account, um, you will get a free book, for one. I mean, it's kind of free, but...
0: You have it's a totally membership. Free. I mean, um, the membership is, is just you a trial. can cancel it. Yeah, you don't. But pay either a way,
1: dime. we get a kickback, and we're cool about that.
0: Yeah, and we appreciate it. And if when your trial is done, it's a thirty-day trial, right? Yeah. So as soon as your trial is done, you can cancel that thing. You can cancel that thing before that. I mean, you can cancel yeah. it a day after if you want.
1: Rob's all about like conniving money out of people. I'm right.
0: not. I'm just. Let, I'm just trying to be as transparent as possible, letting everybody know, like, hey, you aren't going to be on right. the hook. But you could keep it. You could. D- Danielle 15... signed up, and we decided to keep it.
1: Cause you get a book a month, or like yeah, a have a Yeah, you get book. a
0: free book every month.
1: Yeah. So I mean, audiobooks are good. Yeah. So anyway, hey, God sovereign, peace.
0: Peace.